Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, car fiends and gearheads, welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with our engineer and co-host, Mark Groves. Yellow. And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Yes. We are coming to you from the sweltering, sweltering. Oh, dude. Swelteringly. Yeah, I can say that. Warm Driven Radio it's Studios. A it's a bit warm. At it's Driven, hot. At Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. It is it's like 98 Oh, dude, degrees you just outside. step outside and it's like, whoa, look, every gland on my body works. Yeah, I am sweating in places I didn't know. So much for that shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just made a new one. Oh, God. Heat index of who cares? We're I, melting. I was... Up and moving around this morning at 7 o'clock as I had to take my truck into the shop. Oh, another one of my cars in the shop. Oh, God. And How many you got left? You can't have me left. <laughs> You'll notice that GTO is back from the warehouse. Uh, it was sticky then. And it just, I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I work at a desk. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you are hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends. If there's something you'd like to hear more of, or better yet, someone you think we should interview, or if you have an interesting story, tell us. Send me your emails at brett at drivenradioshow.com. We would be thrilled to hear what you have to say. Gentlemen's, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what'd you do in cars or motorcycles this week? It's been warm, so if you haven't been it's out been. much, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, well, I was in the warm for half of it, but luckily at a place where they also had an indoor area. But this last weekend was the one of them. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of years, but... Uh, one of the Mustang National Shows that oh, really? was hosted here by the uh, the Mustang Club of the Greater Kansas City. And how big was that? Um, probably close to 400 cars. Wow. Mustangs. Nice. That's impressive. They had over 50, like 54 Mustang 2s. I'm assuming. Oh, my God. <gasps> really? It was the That's second most Mustang 2s awesome. in one location. At, you know, Man, you just don't see those hosting. anymore. They they Tons really got there. very little love. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it was, kind of, it was kind of interesting to have that be a record-breaking thing. Are they resto-modding those? Uh, I didn't see many that. You know what? There's some that probably were something of that sort, but more of a because they were not more very of not a big full cars. They could just kind of an upgradeish type of thing. They couldn't have weighed much. I'm kind of wondering what happens when you stick a really potent V8. In Did you know they made a Mach One in a Mustang too? <laughs> You're kidding. No, no. And they had one there. You know, that's something I probably ought to know now. I I had no idea they did. That's that's. I impressive. thought that was just thrown off to the poor people. So 400 cars. I'm no, guessing you took. Lots of pictures, lots of video. A lot of video. Because guess what? There's a, there's a video that's actually going to come out for that show. That's what I'm looking for. Get, guess guess who's the only video it's going to be? Craving Cars. There you go. Oh, wow. Uh, we were actually contacted to, to do the video for that event. Oh, okay, cool, so, cool. So we're the, we're the I, only media I'm hoping you were comp- compensated in some kind of food and drink. Um, access. Maybe. <laughs> access. They, they gave me a wink and a smile. 
I was like, oh, I can't resist that. <laughs> I'm kidding. However, uh, I did get to meet <laughs> some really, really, no really awesome people, uh, including uh, the, the VP of Shelb of America, Vince Yeah, you, uh, sent, you sent me that, and uh, we're going to try to track that gentleman down and see if we can't drag him kicking and screaming on a driven yeah, radio. Yeah, that's awesome, because uh, he, uh, he we spent a little bit of time together. He took me on a little bit of an autocross course in a prototyped super snake with 850 horsepower. <laughs> Jesus. There, there uh, were some things in there he didn't want to tell me about that they're testing, and that was the first time he got that car out to go test, and he got to slide me sideways. I'm Something wa- fierce. I'm wondering, were you cool, calm, and collected, or did you pucker during any point? I, I giggle like a little schoolboy, but I did shoot a little bit of video, and I'm going to put some of that out, too, and was, uh, along as a, a small little interview I had with him as well. So Dude, very cool. Very cool. Mr. Mark. I didn't do nothing. You didn't do right. nothing. Next, I, no, I rode on my bike a little bit, uh, but it was actually to have to go to work and back, and that was the only time. I uh, I am heading on a trip down to Southern Missouri tomorrow, and uh, on your I'll, bike? Uh, no, but I'm going to take it with me. Oh, very cool. Because you've got a really cool fold-up trailer. Uh, yeah, in your and garage. I, I washed it, and I, I tried to spray uh, black Krylon over the the parts that were starting to rust, and then um, and shined up the. The chrome wheels on it. So, uh, and the bike, I did. Uh, I did wash and wax Dude, over the weekend. So you're all spiffed up. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll drag it along. There's some family stuff got to take care of, and then uh, I think Saturday, I'm just going to take a day to relax, go drive around uh, Table Rock Lake and some of the area, maybe down in Blue Eye, see some of the mountains. Cool. Be careful around the curves. Oh you yeah, don't, you don't find somebody of Corey's ilk hot foot in it. <laughs> the uh, I'm going to. You know, kind of check out some of the backwoods from when I was a kid and see if I recognize anything that was down there. Get down near Galena and uh, even near the uh, the border and go, oh, yeah, I remember these. You want me to go with you and I can just go ahead and clear the, clear the path for you? I appreciate Knock the offer, Knock down the deers no. and the raccoons and all that stuff. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. No? Okay. Well, but thank you. He says seeing us here is quite enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be a good day to just decompress. So looking forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. How I about got, you? I got a whole bunch of stuff. What the heck happened with your truck? Oh, I just want to. We're going to take it to Monterey in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Or in a week and a week went from when this posts. Uh, and I wanted to make sure everything worked on it. Truck's got 172,000 miles on it, still on the original plugs. What? Yeah, so maybe it's time to change those. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, I'm surprised I'm there's enough metal left to make a spark. Yeah, it still How runs pretty miles? healthy. I'm kind of surprised. 172K. 172. Now, these aren't like Canadian miles, right? Mm-hmm. These are these American miles, this is, right? This is not that fake Canadian stuff. Uh, the, the truck has, runs great. Plugs. It's healthy, wow. but it's also a 5.4. And those are notorious for having the plugs break off in the heads. Oh, so and I wanted uh, our good friend Daryl Ossipik to have oh plenty goodness. of time to spray a little bit of a, a little thread loosener and, yeah, and whatever. I, I wanted and to prayers soak and, it down and back and it pray, out. I want to spray and check with out some the rest of the truck. Make sure everything was okay. Make sure the driving lights worked and all that good stuff. So that's the truck. Two. Got the wheels off the Corvette. Hot damn. Ooh. You don't even want to know what involved. <laughs> Did Was yeah. it a jackhammer? Yeah. Dun, 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 How many blowtorches had to get involved? Yes. What? <laughs> I can tell me more. Tell me more. It was a sledgehammer uh-huh. and an air wrench, and that's what it took to take those off, and it destroyed both of the spinners, and they're, all, they're back-ordered. Uh, uh. It, they also cut the cone off one of the wheels to see if they could get to... The, the, Son of the a spinners goodness. attached to wow. uh, uh, 
an adapter. Okay. And mm-hmm. then that adapter has traditional lug nuts that bolt on, and that's how they did those wheels. Uh, man, they cut the cone off to see the, if they could get to the uh, the lug nuts on the adapter, and you couldn't get anything in there. So wow. it came, the tool from Germany didn't do it. They, mm. they beat that lead hammer, that six-pound <laughs> lead hammer, into double mushrooms. That didn't do it. They finally put some stuff around the bodywork on the Corvette because we were all real nervous Yeah, and took a couple good swings at it with a sledge, and there you go. They're off. Wow. They're off now. So lots of Corvette parts are on their way. <laughs> and yeah, a, for the good, in though, a completely for the good different shop, the, <laughs> Vlad the Impaler sits awaiting a new flywheel and a starter. Apparently, there's a difference between a big block starter and a big block W-head starter. Oh, for Pete. And and the big block starter doesn't connect or doesn't uh, grab enough of the teeth on the flywheel, and it grinds them off. Grinds teeth off, screws up the starter, so now I've got that stuff coming. Those should be here tomorrow. Is that what happened? Hopefully, yes, that's exactly what happened. So that's what caused the issue to begin with, just the wrong starter? Yeah, that's what we're thinking. So... uh, Hopefully, by end of day Friday, uh, Vlad will be back on the streets terrorizing everybody. Now for the good stuff. Wish you the best. Wish you the best. Uh, our friend Ped Watt, uh-huh. our, our, our brilliant photographer friend Ped Watt, uh, we drove over to St. Louis on Saturday and toured the collection at Hyman Limited, and it was incredible. Yeah. It, was, it was one of those where there was so much stuff. I wasn't even going, wow, anymore. I'm just kind of looking around kinda with my awe. mouth hanging open. <laughs> a little bit of drool. Did you get like a wheelbarrow to carry your jaw in? No, no. I just kind of held it in my arms and walked around. <laughs> like a puppy. <laughs> I almost missed a 1967 Lamborghini Miura P400 because it was behind the door when we came out of the showroom. <laughs> and I was looking at everything else going, oh, Wow. Look at, oh, good. There was amazing stuff over there. You, what color was it? The Mura? Yeah. Red with silver at the bottom. Mm. You see that car? Mura. Uh, uh, Mark, you know what that looks like? Yeah, I, Google does, so okay. now I do. Yeah. All right, right. Could, could you they picture had, walking in a place and missing that? The, they had <laughs> so much good stuff. Lots of pre-war stuff. Lots of uh, just mm. everything was so cool. Everything was so cool. Uh, they had, I think, if I counted correctly, a half dozen Delahays, pre-war Delahays. They had a half dozen Allards of different stripes. Good Lord. K2s, J2s, J2Xs. Uh, they just had so much great stuff. And they had two of Dave Kenny's cars over there. And I made sure to go get uh, Fazoli's and then come back and eat inside of them. Now, were those... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) I lost a meatball, Dave. You might find that later. I hope there's some breadstick crumbs. I'm trying to pick it up with my French fries like they're chopsticks. (laughs) Damn it, this thing's hard. Those fries are just not sturdy. So the Delahaze, were any of them those really art... Uh, couture yes. art carved yep, all 135 yes oh my yes yes God. yes all 135s oh they were all very pretty everything was incredible uh hats off and a huge thanks to jeff isabel for taking the time for to walk pet and i through there everything very was cool, incredible man. we took pictures of nothing we just kind of walked around it was fun to walk around and not feel like you were on assignment 
Oh, yeah. Just walk around and go, oh, wow. Pretty. <laughs> oh, look at that. They had, they had a lot of stuff I've never seen before. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that's shocking. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah we were talking about a that. Lot. A lot. I might yeah. have known what a third of their, their inventory was. There was tons of stuff I've never seen before. And that's just hiding somewhere. Tucked away, yeah. beautifully kept clean dust-free environment i was so impressed with their warehouse it was just spotless uh so very very cool and uh last but not least yeah. because i'm not real bright <laughs> i write for sports Corner market magazine uh-huh. i write for gm authority uh-huh i write this show uh-huh and now i write for ford authority and i also write for an another group that shall remain nameless for the time being i started two new jobs this week good lord i didn't quit any of my old jobs so i am busy enough i am Stagging out, them deep and selling them cheap that's what i do out of my mind trying to figure out how to get all this stuff done now <laughs> I found but, out how to type eight thousand words a minute hey they uh, they asked and i i have trouble saying no so uh <laughs> i'm i'm working for lots of people this week in the news there's a new speed record for driving from new york to la oh, and yeah. back to new york the Camaro may be killed to make way for an electric sedan, oh and you can mm. beat a Tesla in a drag race if you build the hell out of your car. <laughs> Our special guest this week is Chris Theodore. Can't believe we got this gentleman. That's so cool. Former Ford Motor Company Vice President of Product <gasps> Development. Uh, he'll be with us a little bit later to discuss this really cool car that he helped design and build along with Carol Shelby and oh, Jay Mays. Oh, dude. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we got him. Uh, That's awesome. and, and we need to thank lots of people for it thank happening. Thank you, lots of people. And that lots of people is David Morton. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. Let's take a look at this week's news. From roadandtrack.com, two guys drove from New York City to L.A. and back. 74 hours, five minutes. Boy, that round trip. Five minutes really matter, but okay. That's it. Took me four days to drive halfway across the country. These guys did there and back in three. And I bet they couldn't get their wheels off either afterwards. Because damn, Uh, May twenty twenty. Now it did happen over uh, well a little bit over a year ago, and I'm sure that they kept the lid on it. Uh, We were talking earlier for specific it's too late to charge me reasons well you know uh, it might be statute of limitations it may be so 19 different state troopers didn't remember that gold (laughs) sl500 that flashed by it was in may 2020 every one of the brothers were trying to beat everybody else's new york to la time chris clemens and mark spence quietly and definitively set their own oddball record in a 1999 mercedes-benz sl500 coupe now, they drove from the Red Ball Garage in Manhattan to the Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach, California, and back to the Red Ball, 74 hours, five minutes. I, do you know how long it takes me just to get to freaking you know, Estes Park, Colorado? Can you imagine you get Ugh. there and having enough and left minutes? in you to look at the other guy and go, well, let's go back. Yeah, yeah, I'm so tired. I'm can, just can, can we have a night's rest? No! They shattered the record that had stood since 2015. Clemens initially had trouble finding a driver, and that's when a friend of the show, Ed Bolian, uh, recommended Mark Spence. Now, so, did, did you catch that bit in there about these two the followed oh, Arnie Toman and our friend Doug Tabbitt out, and that's the same run where Arnie and Doug set their big honking record? Oh. 
apparently uh, our heroes in this story uh, weren't able to quite do that. Uh, Clements and Spence hopped into the SL500, left at the same time as Arnie and, uh, and Doug uh, on their transcontinental run. Toman and Tabit went on to set a new cannonball record, and Clements and Spence took off in the SL500, which Clements had fixed up with all the goodies, uh, laser jammers, uh, radar detectors, infrared cameras for cop detection, and GPS tracking equipment for proof. So this isn't... Uh, this isn't just your regular, let's, no, the thing let's had, hop in. Fig had more antennas <laughs> on it than a handful of cockroaches. <laughs> For a while, they kept pace with Tillman and Tabit taking advantage of the other crew's vast network of spotters. That is until they got pulled over for speeding in Iowa. Now, <laughs> Clement said, Iowa. Clement said, and I quote, once we got stopped, there was no catching up. They were doing 160. I can tell Jeez. you, if, if that SL500 didn't modify it, it won't run 160. <sighs> I wouldn't think so. That's, oof. Uh, Toman and Tabit were asleep when they arrived at the Portofino, which was good because they weren't tempted to cool their heels with their colleagues in the parking lot. And then they would have lost that, you know, the adrenaline, the whole, oh, God, we're here, we got to go. There were a few hiccups along the way. Nebraska was lousy with deer. <laughs> <laughs> and I grew up with the Ozarks. There's nothing that'll rearrange your uh, oh, yeah. vehicle's design like a good deer, like yeah, Bambi. Really. Um they also uh, were followed by police in Michigan and Iowa, and of course, <laughs> yeah, uh, Iowa. Uh, exhaustion began to take its toll, but they made it in one piece and now hold a record that, let's face it, not many people are likely to ever no. be able to challenge. No. We'll see. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll. There it, is tomorrow. Well, if they can get charging faster on Teslas and longer. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, you know, I just can't see meth heads with a fast car. <laughs> Uh, there is that. <laughs> Clement said he felt such a rush when they finished that he simply dropped Spence off and kept driving solo until he was home in Massachusetts. No wow. freaking way. Nah. You, know, you know, I will bet that car smelled like a gym locker oh, room. I bet it smelled a whole lot worse. There's, there's just that's a lot of how Febreze. many bottles of lemonade were? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> were in the back seat. <laughs> we're created. Yeah, now yeah, you just throw them at the deer across yeah. Nebraska. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we just call that fun here in the Midwest. <laughs> so congratulations to them for being able to finally talk about it. From Motor Authority, could Chevrolet replace the Camaro with an electric performance sedan? No. Story's over. <laughs> right. I'm not reading it. It right. sucks. So, no, I'm already angry. So next from... Uh, no. That story sucks, man. Well, you know, if at least... Yeah, go on, but if they at least yeah, replace yeah, it yeah. rather than turn it into a four-door... And it's going to be a crossover vehicle. They're going to turn it into a four-door. They're probably going to pull a Mustang Mach-E or something Oh, like you're that. killing me. But, Do tell. Uh, the problem is Chevrolet's Camaro has struggled since its most recent redesign, and sales in 2020 were half, less than half, oh, what the Mustang sold. Damn. Yeah, not... Well, not, you know, Mustang has yeah. so many different versions and so much cool still connected to it. Mm-hmm. And what did the Camaro do? They've they've done another facelift, but I'm not even sure I know what to point out for a difference. And I write for yeah. a company that reports on that stuff. A lot stuff, of people yeah. so. didn't like, the, like, Bless it, their hearts. like that one when it came out. But the Camaros yeah. I've driven are cool, man. And I really would like to have a ZL1 because 650 mm. horse to go down to Quick Trip. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that's that's legit. 
But as a result, there are rumors that uh, the Camaro may be retired after the current, uh. current generation reaches the end of its product cycle, which is around 2024. Though Chevy has said they may wind up keeping it around till 2026, should there be enough buyers. They've got lease rates go now that are so stinking low and payments yeah. that are so low. They're they really, really trying they really to get do. these things sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Automotive News reported on Monday that an electric performance sedan will directly replace the Camaro. General Motors has set itself a goal of having all of its light vehicles powered by electricity by 2035, so it makes sense that the automaker will want to replace the Camaro with an EV. A sedan body style would also be likely. See, this is, I got to disagree. Remember a few years ago when all the automakers said, okay, we ain't making any more sedans. All we're going to make is performance cars and And SUVs SUVs and pickups. Yeah. And that's all they're Mm -hmm. making. And then Ford got rid of the Focus and and got rid of all the sedans. And you can't find a Taurus anymore. So all that stuff's gone. And Chevy did the same thing. And at that time, they had the Chevy SS, that four-door performance sedan that you could get with a six-speed and an LS, which was an offshoot of the Pontiac G8 that was killed when Pontiac was killed. Yeah. And that car went to Chevy. That is a, is is it a Holden Monaro or a Holden Commodore? Yeah. Um, It's a Holden, but I think it's a Commodore. It's from GM's Australian subsidiary, and they brought Mm -hmm. it here. It was a 400-horse four-door. Yep. Now they want to get into the performance sedan business? Why couldn't you guys learn when you had a really great one on your hands? Yeah, they they were there already at one point. Yep. Ah. Mm -hmm. Another solution would be turning the Camaro into an EV, you sons of... uh, (laughs) A dirty talk. It's just dirty talk. A possibility GM hinted at back in March when it unveiled its Ultium EV platform and battery technologies. As automakers face ever-tightening rules on emissions, muscle car fans will have to get used to batteries and electric motors. Yeah, yeah, we will. I'm not Mm. happy about that at Mm. all. I'm going to make my own gas. Uh, (laughs) You watch me, Taco Night. We're right next to your moonshine. (laughs) Gotta go to Taco Bueno and fill up the car. (laughs) Dodge has teased an electric muscle car due in 2024. Ford has at least one more generation of its gas-powered Mustang planned, while the future of Dodge's Chargers and Challengers remain uncertain. We will likely see one more generation of gas-powered Chargers and Challengers, though a turbocharged V6 may replace the current supercharged V8 as the range-topping option. I hope not. Challengers and Chargers and Trackhawks and Hellcats and I, I think if it needs and to be the TRX, then. the pickup. Oh yeah! Every time you hear one of those super that one in traffic, <laughs> you're just thinking. Okay, somebody's going to do something heinous. I'm glad I'm here to see. Yeah, it. I, I am so lucky I get to watch. So I, I, I know it's coming. I just yeah, don't, I don't want it to be is, here. Is there a reason why they just can't? I mean, okay, so so the Chargers and Challengers and alike or whatever ha- have their place in history. So if they, if they need to change it and change that power plant to a twin turbocharged V6, can they just change the name of the car? It's it's like making it's like Chevy doing the yeah. the, the Nova in the '80s and it was a Toyota Corolla. Truth. Oh, that's not a good comparison. That was such a crap box. It, it, I get that, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? They, they recycled the name that for no reason whatsoever. They well, could just call like, something It's else. like what Chevy's done with the Blazer now, and that's just criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Stop using old names, damn you! <laughs> well, don't you leave it alone. Stop. Don't, 
Don't call it the Nimitz. Uh, what the at, hell's wrong with you? At, like, at the risk of sounding really bad, stop raping your heritage. Yeah, that's, basically, yeah. That's like making an EV crossover and calling it a name that they usually use for a muscle car. Oh, you, wait. Ford. You'd think they would, list, they would take the Disney example. You know, Dumbo 2? What? <laughs> no. And then that Dumbo on Ice? That live Dumbo? Dumbo really? Dumbo 2 would have been a great name for the Mach-E. <laughs> Great name. I think that would have been beautiful. Think of the marketing. <laughs> Comes Boom. with a magic feather. I believe I can fly. No. Take it off the cliff and we'll see. I'll be done seeing about everything but, you when know, I see an electric mustang. Uh, the one thing I do have to admit, though, uh, is that I've never driven a Mustang Mach-E. So it might, it might be a pleasure to drive. I don't know. I'm just still too angry and bitter. I've, I've seen them at shows. <laughs> that's the naming. I've what seen them is. at shows. They're not yeah. bad looking. They're pretty no, clean. It's yeah. a good design. Right. And I know they're quick, and I know everything's going to be all techy and cool and have blue lights in it and everything else. I'm just mad that they call it a Mustang. Yeah. Well, to, uh, yeah. to your point, why don't they take one of the crappy cars? And then make it that. So what do they call, they call it? A Focus Fusion E or something? Yeah, the yeah. Focus E or, or right. Oh, a Probe E, a Probe Mach E. They could have kept the Taurus alive by calling it. The oh Taurus. my God, a Taurus! Yes. Uh, yeah, a, a Probe E in dark brown. <laughs> in for the win. <laughs> and you know what it would have to have on it. What if it was called the EDA? No, you don't care if it's electric or gas or hydrogen, as long as it's got Craigers and some raised white letter tires. I put Craigers on an ugly girl. (laughs) Oh, hey, while we're while we're talking about it, uh, if you get a chance to, Motor Trend came out with a new episode of Roadkill this week. They stuffed a 426 Hemi and a Gremlin. Is that that link and you they, sent me? And they put great, oh. big, wide, shiny, honking Craigers on it. Boom. With oh, Mickey yeah. Thompson tires. And, oh, yes. And they called it the Hemi Gremmy. And they even made a T-shirt that looks like uh, Big Big Daddy Ed Roth drew it. And the car is just like the shirt. Does oh, that's that mean awesome. it look like Mark wearing it? Well, oh. hell yeah. I have, a, I have a gremlin that I bought at a, um, a thrift store that's a big old 1-6 scale one. Yep. And it, you know, it didn't run or anything, so I got it for like 3 bucks, and I love that thing. It sits nice. up on my well, shelves. Right now, and on Roadkill, they, they never... On Roadkill, they never finish anything nicely. <laughs> they always leave it kind of junky looking. But right now, it's green and kind of beat up. You take one look at this, and you think that thing needs a bright orange metal flake bass boat paint Hell job on yeah. it. <laughs> it. Especially with those Craigers on there. S- I mean, come on. So st- oh, especially with the Craigers especially on the there. And then it needs a long orange shag This will be awesome. It's <laughs> yes, Another 26 shag. minutes of my life that my yes. wife will not be able to relate to me at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Nope. nope. Sorry, honey. <laughs> but if you get a chance to watch that episode, do it. It's cool. Will do. From Road and Track, 1,000 horsepower Shelby GT500 proves that the Tesla Model S Plaid can actually be beaten at the drag strip. See, your electric car can suck it. My dinosaur can outrun your electric boy. (laughs) (laughs) The Tesla Model S Plaid, despite its massive weight, is able to put up a consistent nine-second runs in the quarter mile, which those those electric cars, they do hey, the, all the same tor- time over yeah, and over again. Yeah. Having all your torque from the jump, there is an advantage to yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, basically, this defeats pretty much damn near anything. Uh, new supercars, purpose-built drag monsters. I mean, you kind of name it. But it it's won't. totally not immune to defeat against some internal combustion-powered streetcars. As 
this thousand horsepower Mustang has demonstrated. <laughs> My computer car has a thousand horsepower. That's right. <laughs> so uh, the uh, Drag Racing and Car Stuff YouTube channel was at Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, Drag used Strip to in be, Madison. Which used to be called? Gateway. There you so go. it's right outside of, uh, it's St. Louis area. Yep. Uh, they, they, they went to go film a couple of roll races between the new model S Plaid and this uh, Ford Mustang Shelby GT500. The GT500 has a built has been built to 1,000 horsepower by Palm Beach Dino. The races, they're super close, but the Shelby did come out both runs. My horsepower rating so, starts with a one, and nice. then it has a comma. So, yeah, the, the Shelby might require <laughs> a, a bunch of mods to be this quick. The Tesla only requires the driver $129,999 to lay down times like this from I'll bet factory. you anything you want to bet you can build a 1,000-horse engine for under one hundred thirty grand. I look at it like this. The new 911 Turbo does a quarter mile in 10.1. Do you really need to go faster than that? Yes, because I want to beat a Tesla's ass. Oh. Yes. Oh. But you will. <laughs> if you do the pull on the highway, you will. Oh, true. Just not from a stop. Come on, electric boy. Let's race. God, dog it. That's right. Uh, take on your whatever that is, that Tesla Q chiffon, whatever yeah, the hell that thing is. Stupid thing. I want me dumb and dunk and dunk. It, they if, call it a model plaid because that's it. I swear to God, the more I talk faster. about it, the stupider I yeah, get. They call I, it a model plaid because that's the pattern that's on the skirt you're wearing when you drive it. <laughs> what, what's, what's, that, uh, what's that newest uh, remots or whatever? It's like uh, mm. it'll do it in the eights, won't it? That's an electric car I would drive. Yeah, yeah. And if I didn't mention it before last week, I did see a Taycan in traffic, and damn, I'd drive one of those too. It was sexy. It's a good-looking yeah. car. It really yeah. is. The Audi version is not that bad-looking and, either. And kind of coincidentally, that the guy that owns that car lives in the same neighborhood with my mechanic, which means my mechanic is making a whole lot more money. I know why he's making all that money. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> I notice nobody in my neighborhood has one of those. <laughs> Crap. Oops. In segment two, this guy's going to be so cool, man. I can't even believe we got him. Former Ford Motor Company Vice President of Product Development, Chris Theodore, is oh. going to be here to discuss uh, designing and building the 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept with Carol Shelby and Jay Mays, and he has the car. He still owns He's, it. He built, oh my God. built a concept, and then he managed to get it back. <laughs> In for the win. Way awesome. too cool. And he, he knows a lot of other stuff. I'm not sure how much we'll be able to get out of him, but uh, this guy's cool. So he's coming up next here on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Media World Headquarters in Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is Chris Theodore, former Ford Motor Company Vice President of Product Development, who co-designed and co-built the 2004, 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept along with Carol Shelby and Jay Mays. Chris, welcome to Driven Radio. Great to be here. You've got a long and storied uh, resume, but what we're really wanting to bother you about tonight <laughs> is that uh, that outstanding Shelby uh, Cobra concept that's heading to auction in Monterey at Mecham uh, in a couple of weeks. How did the project come about? Well, uh, we had just done, uh, announced that we were going to put the Ford GT into production, 
in, in uh, 2002, and we managed to bring Carol Shelby uh, back into the Ford fold. And in August of 15th of 2003, Carol and I went out to Pebble Beach and made the announcement that Shelby and Ford Motor Company joining voice forces to uh, develop high performance cars. Now we didn't tell anybody what, what we were up to, but after Carol had joined us as a member of the dream team on, on the Ford GT, uh, in January of that year, Jay and I talked about, you know, the, the obvious follow on would be doing a, a Cobra and then, you know, a Daytona. And so, uh, we made contact with Carol. I went out to see him and said, Hey, we'd like to do a new Cobra with you. He got excited. Um, and we started right at the very beginning at the Valencia studio working on sketches. And, uh, as we started to work on the project, I realized that we could make a real running prototype show car, which most show cars are just push mobiles mm -hmm. and they're not in. Mm -hmm. So I assigned my entire uh, advanced uh, engineering team to work on the project. And we realized we could use a lot of the co components we were developing for the Ford GT to create uh, the Shelby Cobra concept. And now it became more than just a concept car. Now, Jay also had the presence of mind to uh, engage uh, rides that was popular at the time. And they followed the build of the car from the very beginning with Carol, the first sketches all the way through to uh, him driving uh, the car eight months later at Irwindale and then onwards to the Detroit Auto Show in 2004. Only so eight Carol months. Was that's that's incredibly fast. Yeah, for a fully engineer, the chassis was fully engineered. On top of that, uh, I had originally hoped to put a V10 in the Ford GT, but we couldn't make it there time-wise, and we rightly settled in on you know the 5.4 with a, a supercharger on it, which is a monster. But the advanced research guys went off and didn't tell me and went off and built a V10. And they called me up one day and they said, hey, would you like to drive a hot Mustang? And they had it in an old Fox body Mustang. <laughs> and it was fast. I bet. <laughs> and so I said, uh, can you make me some more? And they said, okay, write a check. So I wrote a big check. <laughs> and we built four engines. One was in, well, the first engine was in that Mustang mule car. We put one in the 427 show car. Mm -hmm. And they kept refining the design. And the, the next two went into the Shelby Cobra concept and uh, GR1 the following year. Oh, cool. And, you know, it's great motor. V10, all aluminum, dry sump, double overhead cam, 40 valve, 105 horsepower, and 501 foot-pounds of torque. So mm. uh, it was a really neat motor. Uh, did and you have so to write another check for tires? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Carol went through quite a few tires, and uh, as when I later came to own the car, we found uh, we needed to put a new clutch in it as well. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. To see the video, Carol was at Irwindale. We did two days of testing and shooting and taking the press for drives, but the best part is that at the end of the second day on the drive, uh, he was doing donuts uh, with 
with Daisy, just in a billowing smoke, and and it was just it was just fantastic. We had we had a wonderful wonderful time together on the whole project. It was so much fun. Awesome. The team was excited. Carol was just a ball to work with, and then when he and I went on to become very very close friends until he passed. What? Uh, how did it become named Project Daisy? Well. When I first got to Ford, and I'm not the first guy to think of this by any means, but uh, like my second week on the job, Volvo, top Ford management team. So we're on the plane going over, and I suggested, you know, Ford really needs to do uh, a GT40 because, you know, the Viper was, in essence, a ripoff of the Cobra, and I had really wanted to do a mid-engine Viper as well, but I said Ford needs to, you know, grab onto its heritage and everybody probably drank a little wine got excited <laughs> well when we got back from sweden uh to my chagrin the project was assigned to my good friend uh neil wrestler who was uh the vice president of research at ford motor company and they they set up a little shop in the basement in the skunk works to start studying to do a new ford gt to keep it quiet all ford's high performance projects had names like terminator and you know, all real aggressive names. You know, Piranha, Coletti would come up with all these crazy names. So Neil said, well, we don't know what we're doing, so we're going to call the Ford GT program Petunia. <laughs> so, so, so when Jay and I got around to talking about doing the Cobra concept, Jay suggested, well, why don't we call this one Daisy? Everybody will know we're up to something high performance, so it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but they won't know exactly what we're doing. So that's how we got the name Daisy. And nice. uh, it's derived from uh, the Petunia program. <laughs> so it sounds like you had fun working with uh, Carol Shelby. I'm wondering if there were design components that you wished that you'd included on the concept that didn't make it in. That's a good question. I had one brazen idea. I want <laughs> The plans when we went into production, would it would be aluminum-bodied uh, as well as aluminum frame like the um, uh, like the 4GT and subsequently the GR1. So I had this crazy idea that we'd, uh, we'd do a polished aluminum body Cobra oh. uh, to go along with the polished GR1, to go along with the polished 4GT now aluminum. But uh, when we took a look at the budget, that was kind of... Yeah, I can we imagine. Were, roll, we were, roll, we were in checks. A mega million territory. I probably would have lost my job if, make, if we make had, it rain. The car is uh, is is really sweet. And we at, while we were doing the concept car and doing the prototype chassis, we were actually doing a feasibility study for putting it in, into production. And uh, I guess the one other thing we realized we use it, we realized we could use all these Ford components. 4GT components. So it's got a 4GT transaxle in the back. It's got 4GT suspension, obviously two for the Cobra, the 4GT Brembo brakes, 4GT uh, rack and pinion. Uh, for you know, so we had a lot and a lot of extrusions we used on the chassis. We modified them, some of the castings, so we could carry all over over a lot of the investment that we'd actually put in the original car to create. What my dream was, was a, a super kind of lineup that matched what Ferrari was offering. So if you can imagine being able to offer in the marketplace a 4GT, a Cobra, and and GR1, which would have been called Daytona, except Chrysler still had the Daytona name from the 
from the Omni days, uh, that would have been a, a hell of a lineup for the performance cars uh, to offer. And of course, then, uh, yes, a Mustang GT350 and 500, it would have been Valhalla, of, in my mind, oh, yeah. anyway, oh, yeah. of performance car lineup. So what was the conversation that wound up killing the prototype? Uh, well, it wasn't a conversation. Everybody, after we showed the car and we won Best in Show in Detroit uh, in 2004, uh, we had the business plan together. Um, everybody wanted to do the But actually, times were changing. The business climate was getting worse. By the time the car would have come out, it was right about the time we would have headed into the Great Recession. Oh, no. And uh, we just couldn't get it, get the program approved. So, oh. uh, and I, everybody wanted to do it, had a lot of support. But, uh, you know, finances dictated the case. Somebody asked me, I guess just today, they said, what if it happened? You know, it was very unusual. After the Great Recession, we've had a, a great run, yes. you know, just better, better economy. If you had a period where the economy was like that, then it would have happened and it would have been wonderful. But yeah. it was not to be, so we ended up with one of one, the last and only uh, uh, Shelby Cove. How, Shelby Unicorn. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Shelby, exactly. How did you manage to reacquire Daisy, and what have you done with it since? Well, it was, uh, yeah, it's like a, a fantasy story. It was... 2017, and um, I'm reading, just reading, uh, you know, email clips or web clips, and there's an article uh, that says uh, Ford is going to sell the uh, Shelby Cobra concept. And I said, this cannot possibly be. <laughs> and then I read down a little f further, and it said uh, the money raised will be for a charity uh, the Ford to for the restoration of the Henry and Claire Ford mansion called Fairlane. Okay. And um, so I said, well, okay, now I understand why, because they never sell a concept car like that. Hmm. I read a little further, and, and of course, Ford Legal said, uh, you know, for liability purposes, we've disabled the car, we'll allow the engine to run, but uh, will not run it. And it's going to be at the GAA auction in November um, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Tried to con my wife, but I said, let's go visit sister in North Carolina. That's so rude. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, want, I want to see what it goes for. And, uh, you know, and I was hoping maybe I'd be able to steal a car, you know, because it was non-drivable. And I had all the blueprints. I knew that I, I could get it running. And I didn't, I couldn't bear the thought of a car just sitting in a corner like that. Yeah. A real hard running, fully engineered concept car collecting dust. So we went to the auction and I tried to play it low key. And I set the bid limit for myself. And I told my, yeah, I was like Inspector Clouseau. I was a war black baseball cap. For black <laughs> And I sat back in the peanut gallery, and then as soon as the car came up, it, you know, they towed it onto the stage and the race. And I got up out of my chair, and I went up to one of the spotters, and I said, I know it's going to blow past me, but stay close. 
Well, sure enough, uh, they started the bidding, and within the first 10 seconds, it blew through my maximum. <laughs> and so I walked away from the spotter and went went back to my seat in the peanut gallery, and, and the spotter chased me back. And then meanwhile, it's climbing and climbing and climbing. And finally, to uh, my great surprise, my wife said, look, you only have one chance of getting this car. Go for it. Uh-oh. She's a keeper. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I bought... I bought the car. I had to mortgage both houses, to, and I wrote the two biggest checks I've ever written in my life. And brought Daisy home, oh. and took it to the same team, and used and got her running it again. And uh, it's been been fantastic. I've had it uh, car shows. I've had it at uh, Concours and Neely Island, and, uh, Concours of America. We had it with Jay Leno uh, driving it around, and Donald Osborne, and. Uh, I've got it out at the M1 concourse in Michigan. I take it for a ride every once in a while on the track. So it's uh, it's been a joy to own. And it gave me, I started, when Carol passed, I started to write a book about Carol because we had become friends. We used to call, call each other twice a week and see each other at least once a month. And uh, I was really shooken up when he passed because we were going to build, quite frankly. We had started plans to build like 200 rolling chassis a classic Cobra with modern underpinnings, 200 Daisies, 200 GR1s. Oh, my God. He asked me to put a business plan together, which I did, and I couldn't. First, it was to do a fully certified production car. There was no way. I said, Carol, there's no way, even with with chassis invention that he encouraged me to do, we couldn't do it. You'd have to sell 5,000 cars to break even, and I said, you haven't got a dealer body to do that. But then when we looked at the rolling chassis idea, uh, it it would have made money. Oh. So he went off to go get funding, and then he got ill, and that was the end of it. So long story short, I got the I got the car. Now I had after he passed. Now I had a happy ending to my book. It's called Kismet. You know, Daisy comes home, and uh, and that uh, you know was was a dream come true. I mean, it's a, a fairy tale story. It sounds like it. It absolutely does. Now. Daisy is headed to Meekum's Monterey sale. Uh, it's going to be taking place Saturday, August 14th at the Monterey Hyatt Regency Hotel and Spa. Uh, I've never set foot in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, who is it you would you would ideally like to see own the car next? A museum or a Shelby fan or a Shelby Cobra fan? or yeah, Jay Leno. I'd really like to see Jay have it. Jay would be wonderful to have it. it. You know, we had a ball when we were driving the car out there, and his collection is just amazing. He's such a good ambassador for, yeah. for the car business. I love owning a car. I don't really want to sell a car, but it's it's one of one. It's irreplaceable. I'm not of a means that you know. I, I've got it licensed and plated for the road now, but really? I I can't take. On the road, I just I can't, I can't risk it. I take oh, it out yeah. on the track. But I don't push it too hard, but I have a good time. How, and how far is not too hard? <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> Are you talking a buck thirty, buck forty? We well, yeah, we do hit the, hit the road light limiter. It's a short track, so don't get it. <laughs> you know, donuts can be done slower. I'm sure those were. <laughs> and the tires the tires are 18 years old, so I got to be a little careful. Okay, good point. <laughs> You know, and uh, but it's you know, I think we got to find an owner. 
that's one an enthusiast appreciates the history because this is a is a historic vehicle. It would be nice if it's somebody that could book in the car. Wouldn't wouldn't it be nice if it's somebody had a collection of one of the an early two eighty nine, a four twenty seven, a GT three fifty, and then bookend it with the last Carol Shelby. It would be really cool. Yeah, but somebody would. also that had the means uh, to to drive it to show it. I don't really wouldn't like it hidden some corner. Public loves this car when they see it. The uh, it's it, the styling has aged well. Was, Jay was determined not to make it too retro. Retro. It had to have the cues of a Cobra. Proportions are different. The language. And when I show the car, people come up to me and say, is that coming out next year? And they're so excited about it. They think it's a fresh design. I want the car to continue to be shown in love. This is my, my dream. Amen. Very cool. Aside from the book, what put me down for a copy, I want one. Uh, okay. We're pulled out of the hardcover. you got to go with the softcover now. <laughs> what's, uh, what's on the horizon for you? What's next? Well, that's kind of the other reason why I want to, uh, I put the car up for sale is Carol and I also were working in the book on several other projects. Uh, and one of the projects I was working on before Daisy came up for sale was Super Snake 2. Oh. It had a chassis invention that, that I came up with. Carol gave me probably the only real Shelby carbon fiber body. He didn't know it at the time. That's another story. But he gave that to me to put on the car. And Ford, one of the Ford GT prototypes to field strip for suspension, transmission, and, uh, and of course, the, the 5.4 motor. So we were going to build Super Remember, Super sold has sold three times now for $5.5 million. Yeah, and not long ago. Dang. <laughs> not long ago was the third time. So the proposal was to do Super Snake 2 to, as a proof of proof of concept for the chassis. Ford supported me. Carol supported me. We started on that project. Uh, when I bought Daisy, you know, I had to suspend that program to get Daisy running and pay the bill. And... Uh, and now it's time. It's it's about eighty to ninety percent mechanically. It's it's done. We just finished the electrical system. We had to split the body down the center and widen it nine inches to cover. Oh, oh my God! So this is the baddest looking Shelby Cobra you're ever going to see. I mean, the mouth is. Imagine the mouth of a Cobra being nine inches wider. It's just <laughs> it's just. A, and it's got the prettiest butt you ever saw. You know, big butts are in style now. This one's got it. So I want to finish that up. Another secret nobody knew about is uh, Carol and I had also made a proposal to Ford Motor Company after I'd retired. And when they were going to wind down the Ford GT program, we had a proposal to do a Shelby version of the Ford GT. Shelby GT. And there's pictures of the renderings that we proposed in that book. It would have been higher performance, taking taking the Ford GT to the next level. And we had approval from the executive team at Ford, except for one person. And one veto kept us from doing that. So I'd still like to build that car. So now's your time to shine, Chris. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? What's the dumb, I've done a lot of dumb things in a car. <laughs> um, Donuts in a yeah, Shelby we, unicorn? Yeah, yeah. Time, some time to think about that, that one. Well, I, uh, 
<laughs> Which one can I tell and not yeah, get in there's, trouble? There's got to be one that the statute of limitations has run out on. Uh, well, I've had, okay, uh, I will be honest. I have a spot here in the Thumb in Michigan. God, I'm going to get in trouble now. That's nice and straight and flat, and I do I do demo runs for my friends, and we hit 180 in a public two-lane road. So that's <laughs> That's probably the end of dumb. You know, the dumbest one was we were testing the Ford GT. We were coming back into Michigan. Uh, we had about four of them on the road, and we had our walkie-talkies in between. And we're coming up I-75 just across the uh, Ohio State border into Michigan. And I get on the walkie-talkie, and I and I tell Coletti, I says, yeah, I'm doing 180. It's stable as can be. And he says, Jesus, do you realize you're on? On, on a live channel. <laughs> <laughs> Ten four back door. Uh, <laughs> but apparently the cops weren't listening, so we made it home. Oof. So we have a few crazy things. Very good. Oh, that's so perfect. That's I awesome. love it. Oh We've been speaking with Chris Theodore, former vice president of product development for Ford Motor Company. All the social media links for Chris, Shelby, Daisy, and Meekum and Ford can be found on readthedriven.com. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. This half hour went really quick. Thanks for had fun. Is that dude cool or what? Oh, there's so much history there, and, and like Indeed. old history, but also new history. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, like it's new. We new, have new to have old? him back. Right. I, I'm thinking he yeah. knows where a lot of bodies are buried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, I, want, I want more stories. That was not enough. That was just a taste. So thank you very much, Chris yes. Theodore, for being on with us, and uh, you are welcome back here anytime you'd like, sir. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and you can listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt yep. and Mark Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.